0: Hello and welcome to this shit really happened, the true crime podcast where we deep dive into the most disturbing, depraved, and downright gruesome true crimes in history. My name is Em, and I'm
1: Autumn, and and I'm Stephanie. We got a special motherfucking guest host, just so we got a y'all special know. motherfucking guest host, just so y'all know, Emily was just doing the fucking pterodactyl, motherfucking guest host, and this is our long term BFF from high school. Long Long-term? term. Be- yeah. No, term. Yeah. Bitch, how no. many. <laughs> not How long have we known you? Too long. Too fucking long.
0: 22. 20, 20 20-ish years? 20-ish. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Ish. More than probably.
2: Nice. No, 20 ish. I, me I mean, if, I if Autumn
0: and I have known each other since we were in elementary school, we have all known each I other mean, about I mean, Autumn that. and
2: I have known each other since forever because our sisters play volleyball yeah, so like so, 20 you plus to come to my dad's years house. yes oh my god That's I how long remember that. Yeah.
0: we are rocking 20 plus years of friendship in this right little here. trio right here yeah so and
1: stephanie's stephanie's our little our little guest our little host guest our
0: special guest house can we talk about how the fact that this episode is gonna drop and it's been more than a month since we <laughs> we're not gonna <laughs> talk about it to be honest
2: i've been waiting for it for a very long time <laughs>
0: And, and now here we
2: are.
1: And
0: now Stephanie's going to be in the I podcast. know. Stephanie actually listened to our episodes because she's a good fucking friend. Diane, I'm talking to you. Because <laughs> uh, my mom does not listen. I've said it once and I've said it before. Die die does not listen to our podcast. Listen. We had a whole episode dedicated to die die stories. She didn't and listen to it? She, and she doesn't even listen She didn't listen to, to that? She listens to die die oh, stories, okay. but she does not listen to our podcast regularly. Oh, I mean, <laughs> so every like time I get a notification... Bitch. I do. Thank you. You're, you you're a true keep friend. up my drive to work.
1: The and now she's Woo. on the pond. And she's she's been waiting for part two. And now she's on part two. <laughs> I know. Lizard I
2: know. Had to re-listen to part one. Yeah, right. To know I what said, was going to happen I said, in part two. I said your memories.
0: <laughs> like, we got a lot of shit to cover in part two. I was going to make this three parts, but I managed to condense it to two. Because there's a lot of shit to go over. There's a lot of shit happening. This Bevin, he was fucked up. Bevin, there was a lot Bevin. of shit for me to comprehend it's in like part one.
1: Cindy, Cindy. Cindy. Oh, Cindy, Andy.
0: Cindy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wham, blam, bam, bam. <laughs> I was just about <laughs> to say that. Wham, blam. We gotta, we gotta get the wham, blam merch man. You know out, man. Stephanie,
0: Stephanie needs a merch hoodie. You do need a merch hoodie. I do. We can I get just, you for a discount because I'll just have Amanda make you one. Oh, okay. I mean, I'll take one. You'll get, I a, just, you'll I just, get a US just, price one. Yeah, I exactly. Have, you'll get a US price one. Okay, I'll take one. I mean, yeah, the hoodie. I just hoodie haven't had any money. Ahead. I need a dude, hoodie. dude. I will tell. I you just gotta. We'll order the hoodies and I'll tell Amanda. Be like, I'll Yo. send you
1: money right now. I will. I will. Wamblan, blam Wamblan. Just order the hoodies. If you want to do that right now, I'll send you the money. Let's. we can. Well, we'll do it after. We'll do it after.
0: We forget probably we'll
1: be fine we'll we'll make it work (laughs) (laughs) listen we've already drank in a tower of margaritas it's probably gonna be forgotten by the end of this yeah we
0: went to a mexican restaurant and we had a tower of margaritas it's three liters of margaritas so each of us drank a liter of margarita just about and now we're drinking and then i had these little like like terrible they're not mine wasn't bad bad. mine was good i had i mean i could go for a second hey they're in the freezer. Um, I might just be But Autumn, tea. you're
1: just too picky. <laughs> I, bitch, if I can drink tequila straight, <laughs> but this is nasty. Are you fucking kidding me? I um, thought I have had like Have five you had the of them ones? previous? And I thought no, they were good. Carbonated like I like um what are they? High noons, but they give me mm. like Oh yeah, seltzers right? you wow. can't do
2: because they give you oh, migraines. Dude, I've literally drank my to myself a whole Bud Light like, seltzer, so hard sodas. To myself. But
1: you know the ones that I do like are the simply spiked lemonades. The simply strawberry spiked lemonades, those are crap.
2: those um, are crack. Those
1: and the those hard sodas really are my crack. Safe. We could do, after this, we could do a quick run set. Let's go. Yo, hell yeah. Because <laughs> they have, you know, like the four loco size? Oh, bro. They have, they're like the three t- bucks. Tall boys? They're oh, like three bucks.
0: Fuck.
2: I can't remember the last time I did a four loco. The
1: last time I did not a four loco, <laughs> I was in
0: Hoboken, and my friend asked me where I was, and instead of dropping her a pin, I sent her a picture of my feet, and I said, I'm here.
1: <laughs> the last time I did a four loco, I was about... 15, Bro. 17. And one of my friends <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was <laughs> vibrating in the bath. <laughs> I remember looking at her and being like, oh my god, I've never drinking before. Local again, <laughs> she was vibrating.
0: Bye. Bros, yeah, the last time I had a four loco, I was like 22 years old. I was in oh, Hoboken, shit. New Jersey. I stopped and it after was like fuck 17 shit. Seventeen on those. Then I, I moved tried them a lot 15. in Fredonia because I was a broke bitch, and it was like three dollars yeah. for yes, a tall for, boy, and you and got you could wasted, get hammered off,
1: off of one, one. off of half. Three dollars. I could get hammered off half. Yes, three dollars. You're spending. You I'm pretty drunk. sure
2: there was times where I've just like split one with someone, Because yes, I'm like yes. I'm fucked so that's after. That's
1: the crazy part is that we could. Like, I don't want to say back in our day, back in our because we're still there, because back in in our day, but like (laughs) back then we could get hammered off of three dollars, like,
0: seriously.
1: I so just want to like, know where we I'm got like, all I'm our a lot alcohol of from, because like my
0: parents 50. sure as hell did not buy no, me any. No, I was with the shits and would buy us stuff. I mean, I, I just remember going...
1: I had some troublemaker friends where their parents didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my mom,
2: no. Yeah. No, I just I, remember going I into I my parents' liquor cabinet. I did
1: not cabinet. drink a ton
0: in high school, though, when I got to college and I had friends that were over 21, that's where that shit really went down. And then when I was living in New Jersey and I was broke as fuck and we had to get drunk <laughs> on the cheapest dollar we could... Four Logos Ooh, was the way to go. Remember, those, we were remember those like
1: $5 handles of vodka? Bro, oh. in like plastic bottles. I'm pretty sure that was just fucking rubbing alcohol poured in a bottle. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like, like the fucking, hand sanitizer we no, make you know, nowadays. Burnett's,
0: like Burnett's vodka. <laughs> yeah, oh, literally, yeah. Literally uh, fucking disgusting. Now
2: I'm an expensive bitch and I drink count, Crown Apple. <laughs> crown
1: Apple. <laughs> I bought the, the bottle of Jack Daniels and, Jack Daniels and Doc Leo.
0: Jack Diddly Daniels, baby. Literally, I guess. Jack Big is my go-to. Of crown I apple love sitting whiskey. in my cupboards at home.
1: I love I whiskey. Do Jack. Or I mean, I cannot
0: do crown apple. Nah. Cranberry juice, dude. I drank like two of I those like last night. Whiskey, though. Prime. I started drinking whiskey, whiskey yeah. sours in college, and like I love whiskey sour. So You're
1: way off track.
0: Yeah, I know. Hi, hey guys.
1: Welcome. Sorry, it's been over. a month. Sorry, we were <laughs> reminiscing about liquor alcohol, we reminiscing, But
0: it has been over months since we dropped part one. We dropped part one on January twentieth. It is February twenty fifth. <laughs> Listen, a lot has. The been fuck have you guys on. been doing? Ask her. First of all, no. <laughs> the first part, you were sick. I was. I was sick. I am partially to blame for this. Absolutely. No, I've just been living my life, just waiting. Just waiting for, just you know, wait. <laughs> and, like, and then one then of these sh- bitches is going to get part two out of the phone. Literally, last time busy. I saw you, you you were working on were it. Busy. Yeah, that's very true. So, our, like, I was sick. Our schedules just haven't lined up. And it just so happened that this was the first time we were actually able to, like, get around and be like, yo, let's record a fucking podcast. I was going to make Stephanie do this with me. But then we are like, yo, if we're going to Aguacaccia, we're having dinner. Like, let's just fucking do it. So, here we are. Hello. Woo! Welcome to part, part two. <laughs> I was on part three. Part
1: three? Um, it feels Part like two. It. Part three.
0: <laughs> we're skipping over part two.
1: This is actually part
0: three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, if y'all are just coming straight from part one and listening to part two, then you're like, what do you mean you're on hiatus for a month? But, I feel like most of the people who listen are like, where the fuck? Like, we dropped die-die stories, that bonus episode, and then we just dipped.
1: <laughs> we were drunk. Am I? We a- were hell. drunk
0: as fuck, during die, die no, stories. I really it was bad. We were we came here we were drunk as hell. <laughs> do we want
1: to pause and go to store no as no?
0: Because I do not want to be shit faced, <laughs> drunky, drunk when I'm recording this. I mean, not bad it about could it. Be fun. Do you it know how long it's been since I've been? But we, we are, are talking. Wait, she's right that, there. But, 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 but we are talking about real people <laughs> who were murdered in a very violent and brutal way. I feel like it's disrespectful to me to be shit faced while I'm telling you this story. <laughs> I mean. Yes,
1: <laughs> she's about to rationalize it i, can't, I agree I, can't it.
0: I completely agree
1: but well, we can have sometimes drink. to Don't
0: get me. through it do y'all homes want a fucking mimosa no. 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 We're not going to the liquor store right now. Let's go okay. to the sticker. Liquor store right no. Let's <laughs> <we're laughs> go to the no. sticker store. Right <laughs> no, please, please. Look, okay. Let's get through. We this will after. And then we can All right. go after. Let's go. And if I'm you so want, I know. <laughs> I have
1: champagne. i Should have brought my. Okay, monster, but you're you're pink. you yeah, can't. I should have mix- brought it. Oh, oh we should have stopped at my house. I have a Bro. fucking bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh, fuck. Oh my I'd be... God. The big one. dude. Oh, I, okay. I,
0: I, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's get into it. But We're you gonna... can't
1: mix champagne and liquor. I do it right? all the
0: time, man.
1: Because that would be you like alive? on my fucking ass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How are you alive? That's my let's question. just get into this. That's like mixing beer and liquor.
2: Never hey, sicker.
0: Liquor before <laughs> beer. clear. <laughs>
2: True.
0: Wait. Break it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Let's do you go. seriously want some? Because I'll pause and we can go make mimosas really quick and then get back into this. Fine, Let's fine. go. All right. We're going to pause and we'll be back with mimosas. Were we recording the whole time? And we're back and now we have mimosas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a-, a little
0: ASMR? Yeah. There you go. Some nice ice cube ASMR. Other quiz. Anyways, so we're just, we're just going to, we're just going to get into this. So. Part one, we left off talking about the murder of Neil Muir and who the possible suspected murderers, I suppose, were for, for Neil's murder. The lead detective of the investigation was thinking that the person, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> was thinking that the uh, the suspect was a former doctor who was named Peter Milhouse, so we're just we're just going to get in. We're going to talk a little bit about Peter Milhouse and why he was suspected as like basically at this point, the prime suspect in Neil Muir's murder. So he became a suspect in Neil's murder because the two had been known to have crossed paths more than once. Um, we talked about this in part one. Neil was a drug addict and Milhouse was a doctor who would often write prescriptions for addicts in exchange for sex. Millhouse and Neal met in 1974, and their relationship became increasingly codependent as Neal fell deeper into his drug addictions and Millhouse wasn't he was an alcoholic. So he fell deeper into his alcoholism. Always
1: the alcoholics. It
0: always do be the alcoholics. Um, the first people to mention Millhouse's name as Neil's likely killer were two unnamed drug addicts that were loosely associated with Neil. The major crimes unit investigated Neil's murder searched Milhouse's apartment and found garbage bags and yellow cord, blood on the bathroom walls, and a rug that possibly matched fiber stuck to a band-aid found with Neal's dissected body. Oh,
1: In gosh. January of... <laughs> 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 oh, God. <laughs> Somebody's like, oh my God, this is
0: firsthand. I know, right? In January of 1980, no, Milhouse was arrested for <laughs> Neal's murder. At Milhouse's committal hearing, the prosecuting attorney recounted the harrowing details of Neil's injuries, specifically the injuries to his anus, which would have been inflicted while he was still alive, and which were so brutal that he would have been screaming in agony unless he was unconscious or gagged. Also detailed was the time it would have taken for Neil's body to be dismembered, which would have been anywhere from three to six hours.
1: He was... They took three to six hours to, to dismember, dismember
0: him, yes. While he was alive. No, after oh. he was dead. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. But the <laughs> the injury not make it He again died from extreme, like, anal trauma that just caused hemorrhaging I and bleeding. I'm,
1: I can't even... Um, are you making a hole?
0: A hole? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude.
1: Oh, God. But... Ugh. Yeah, like three to six hours of,
0: to just dismember the body.
1: Yes, because his
0: time. his head, like believe his. If I'm remembering correctly from part one, his his head he was decapitated, his legs were severed from his torso, his like internal organs were taken out, and his legs were put into his torso. So they whoever did this spent a lot of time. They
2: thought clearly about this. Well, yeah, not clearly, but, but
0: very oh, thoroughly, thoroughly yeah, they the they words. definitely put a lot of thought into it. So Milhouse pleaded not guilty, stating simply quote, "I am not guilty. I am totally innocent." So he's I'm like, totally I totally. Instead, I, I chopped up it. his body last
1: night, not yesterday night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was like, I just didn't do it. I wasn't me. It you had that in You said me.
1: I did it July 10th. I did it July 11th. <laughs> yeah,
0: <right>. <laughs> <laughs> you're um, lying.
1: You're lying. This
2: However, is the actual date. <laughs> <I'm>
0: like, <laughs> let me correct you on that. <laughs> let me correct. I murdered him on this day, not this day. Get right.
1: So therefore, you're lying, and I didn't do it. And I <laughs> <laughs> Bro,
0: oh I man. feel like
1: there's some shit I would do. Honestly? Like, they were like, You murdered this person like, on on January 15th. I'm like, No, no, it, it was, was actually the 13th. It was actually the 14th. It's actually February 15th, but like, No, you no the right so so therefore you you're lying, me. therefore I'm innocent. <laughs>
0: <Bye>. <laughs> so Millhouse did plead not guilty. Um, however, he was still remanded without bail and kept in jail to wait for his trial to begin. Throughout the trial, 94 witnesses were called, laying bare very salacious details of uh, a sordid, drug addicted and alcohol addicted lifestyle set against the savagery of Neil's sadistic and bizarre murder. Millhouse testified on his own behalf and told a sad, tearful story of his inadequacies as a doctor and the struggles he had in his own personal life when coming to terms with his homosexuality and his reasonings for falling into alcoholism. It's like Jeffrey Dahmer when he's like, I'm not gay. And then, yeah, right? And he's Bitch. like, JK, yes Psych. I am. <laughs> Psych! so <Psych. laughs> Totally gay! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, he was I only even. wanted the men, but I'm not
2: gay. <laughs>
1: I'm not gay. I'm not gay.
2: But I didn't kill a single woman.
1: <laughs> I'm not wait, gay, he but I grandma? only wanted men. No, no
0: Dahmer did not oh. kill his mother. That was somebody else, I'm
1: um, Confusing uh, my uh, serial uh, uh, killers. Uh, uh, wait,
2: <laughs> fuck. There was somebody who did.
1: Dahmer lived with his grandmother. Yes, yeah, okay. Dahmer lived with it his was grandmother. It guys in her basement.
2: basement. Yes. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, but someone did kill their grandmother.
0: Yes, the co ed killer killed his own grandmother. Edmund Kemper.
1: Edmund Kemper, yes. Ah, yep. see, Stephanie's like, I know. I, know. I, was listening. I was listening to your thing. No. <laughs> yeah, we, Listen, have, we have
0: talked about Edmund Kemper before. I have.
2: If you saw my history, they would um, think you were
0: a serial killer. You'd think I'm fucked up. <laughs>
2: Anthony, <laughs> is mean, me. I mean, <laughs> Anthony is concerned about me.
0: Anthony is concerned about me. But then again, I could
2: watch rom-coms all
0: day. Honestly, but, like, okay. So, while he was on the stand at his own trial, Milhouse was asked to detail the types of sex acts he would employ young men for in exchange for drugs. Milhouse enjoyed bringing these young men into his home and having them urinate or defecate on him while he laid in the bathtub. Not another one. Not another
1: one.
0: Every time we talk about, literally, why have we talked so many times about people who like getting shit on? Why? The other one
1: is like, let me catch your (laughs) turds. He's like, I can just picture it, like, He's like, Stop. let me put my mouth down your booty hole. Is that want peanut butter? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. That was Albert Fish. Mm. Mm. This is real peanut butter for
0: me, guys. Dude, Albert Ew. Fish was disgusting. That it was like, the... That, ugh. that one was Literally, bad. my
2: dad listened to that podcast on Morbid.
0: Yeah, so oh, when they episodes, did Albert Fish. Went to yeah. Jamaica,
2: And my dad's like, what the fuck?
1: Dude,
0: He's like, insane. why did I listen to this? And I'm like, it is you were interested because... You did it yourself. So yeah, Millhouse would hire young men as sex workers to, you know, do these things to him, and Neil was one of the men that Millhouse would invite to his home for these reasons. Um, for all the prosecution's efforts, their case was actually all but doomed from the start, specifically because the bathroom blood could not be shown to be the same type as Neil's. The plastic bags and cord were common household items and there was no proven motive for why Milhouse would have killed Neil Muir. The jury deliberated for 75 minutes before finding Dr. Peter, Peter Milhouse not guilty of Neil's murder. The investigation into Neil's murder somewhat stalled after this, due to, you know, mostly due to Neil's lifestyle and involvement in sex works and drugs, um, opened up a lot of lines of possible suspects, For the police, there was just basically too many people for them to properly follow up on based on the kind of life that Neil was living. So it kind of it basically went cold at this point. They thought they had a guy, they tried him, he was found not guilty. Now they're kind of back to square one. So the next victim we're gonna talk about is Peter Stoganoff. And Peter Stoganoff was born to his parents, Alex and Lydia Stoganoff, in 1967.
1: (laughs) I know we're talking about actual people here, but, like, you know what that reminds me of for some like reason? Like, beef stroganoff, <laughs> which is, like, a hamburger helper. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is literally I'm like, like yeah, first You said stroganoff. Like, stroganoff. Like, stro- that hamburger was the, That is the first thing that came I to my head. About,
0: like, I felt so bad yes. when I was, was like, like, beef stroganoff. That's the I'm first thing. Like, like, I'm just hamburger. like, oh, I love
1: helper.
2: Literally oh lived off of that when my dad was my cook every day.
1: Yeah, you're no. just living off a hamburger helper.
2: Literally, mac and cheese,
1: <laughs> hot mm. dogs and mac and cheese still. That shit to this still day. slaps. Yeah, I don't like
2: hot dogs, bro. But, but thought, if you
1: cut up a hot dog, put it into mac no. and cheese, I told slaps. my parents I
2: thought I was gonna get swine flu, so I stopped eating them.
1: <laughs> you know, a hot dog is barely even pork. I know. <laughs> It's like pork and beef and chicken. It's everything that you, you don't want, all of the want. things that you don't want, is in a hot dog. Literally, literally, that's literally, 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 literally repulsive. Literally repulsive. Fucking repulsive. <laughs> I feel like Emily and I just kind of like break out in these <laughs> no seriously the you accents know. At any, any time of the day. It's like <laughs> literally, I mean, Emily, we're talking about the cast. They're like, man,
0: my dad. literally,
1: <laughs> we the last world death. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Literally, to finish part one, in the time that it takes me from driving to my house, to my parents' house, I had to skip through all of your guys' banter between because I was like, I'm not going to finish this.
0: Dude, we just get off on fucking tangents, man. Anyway, okay. so Peter.
2: Stripping off.
0: Peter was the second-born son of <laughs> Alex and Lydia. And I, <laughs> Peter Hamburger <Sorry>. Helper. <laughs> Peter Hamburger <No>. Helper. <laughs> so, Peter Peter had six siblings. Oh, he had an older brother. kids. He had an older brother and then he was next born and after him was a set of triplets and oh, a set of twins. Fuck. So he had a lot of brothers Ooh, and sisters.
1: Excuse me, chills I can't even imagine being pregnant with, with that many babies. Hell <laughs> but, not. Imagine having pushing one out and they're like, Okay, you gotta push two
0: more Yeah, fuck <sighs> that noise. so okay, I feel like a sense. lot of a lot of multiples are not born like they're born through like C section.
1: Twins sometimes.
0: Sometimes, yeah. Triplets, I think. But anything more than that, I yep. feel like you go like yeah. through a C section. Like, um, like so Peter, Peter
1: that? was. But, a... but just imagine that being like, okay, no. one's out. Now I don't have even to want to grab push two more of them, out. them, fuckers. I don't even want to push
0: one out. I'm not pushing two or more. Fuck no. Hell no. No. Hell no. No. no God, thank you. Damn. No ty. No God. God
1: damn. God damn.
0: <laughs> so Peter was described as a good boy who loved playing guitar and always had a smile on his face. So, he was he was a good kid. Peter was all around genuinely a good kid. Nice. So, we are going to the day of August 27th, 1981, and this day started off started off like any normal day for Peter. He got ready for the day. He was dressed in a blue sports shirt, jeans, white sneakers, and his trusty backpack. White sneakers? Are we talking about Air Force One?
1: He was wearing the high tops, <laughs> the
0: Dad um, shoes, New Balances. New, oh, yeah, the, that's Dad what owned those. the lawn shoes, the New was. Balances. New Balances for sure. So this day, Peter left his home and he set off in the direction of his school. But he actually ended up sneaking back home. And he dropped his backpack off in his garage, and then he ended up taking off again. So he was skipping school this day. He was Same. doing who the fuck knows what. He's but he like was. He
1: was how old?
0: Uh, he was born in 1967, and he went missing in 1981. So that would have made him. So, so if we do 1981 like minus 1967, he was 14. 14. 14. He would be 56 today. Wow, look at you Steph. The with the babies, big man calculator. <laughs> so, so be- oh, my dad's going to be 60. Again, he oh, just he, be 63. he just yeah. kind of went home, dropped his backpack off, and he was going to go out and he was going to hang out with his friends and they were just going to skip school that day. When Peter's father returned home from work that same day, he immediately noticed Peter's backpack in the garage and started asking the other members of the family why it was there and where Peter was. They soon found out that nobody in the family had an answer for either of those questions. They didn't know. They didn't know where the fuck Peter was essentially at this point. Um, the Stoganoffs reported Peter missing later that same day when he failed to return home. Though Peter's disappearance was a front page news story and police promised his family, they were doing everything they possibly could to find him months passed with no leads and no updates. 10 months after Peter's disappearance in October of 1982, Robert Hart, who owned a farm in Middle Beach, um, which was about 45 kilometers away from Adelaide, where Peter was living. He was using his tractor to spray, spray weed killer when he spotted a pile of bones looking to be a skull and a skeleton. Oh
1: God, that's Gosh.
0: He immediately reported the bones to the police, who, after investigating the scene, believed this body was dumped between the fence line and the straight edge of Middle Beach Road. This was an area where a car could easily stop, empty its trunk, and offload a body among the bushes without being seen. Like Neil Muir, this body had also been
1: cut up into several pieces. Imagine, like, it's, I feel like it's one thing to, like, kill somebody, but it's another thing to kill somebody and then dismember Dismember them. them. And dismember them.
0: Yeah. Like, that's another level level of, like, fucking just savagery that I can't imagine. Mm. Yeah.
1: Like, like. Like you, you already killed this person. What part of you is like, yeah, I gotta
0: cut him up? That's why, like, desecration of a corpse is a completely separate criminal charge than murder. Because yes, you murdered murder, them, and then you went the next extra step to dismember and desecrate like, oh. their it blows corpse. My mind. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Um, unfortunately, due to previous work Robert Hart had been doing to clear and burn brush and scrub from his property. These bones had been damaged in a way that made it incredibly difficult for any evidence to be gathered from them. So they were able to identify that it was Peter, but they could not tell anything about the way that he had died, pretty much. Yeah. There were no organs remaining to be studied. Um, and what from what remained of Peter, forensic pathologist Dr. Derek Pounder was able to determine that the dissection of Peter's body had been, quote, macabre and depraved. The vertebrae of his lower spine had been severed with what Dr. Pounder believed to be a saw or a similar instrument. He was severed in half at the pelvis, and then his legs cut through at the thighs. It was forensic odontologist Dr. Kenneth Brown who confirmed through dental records that the remains were those of Peter Stoganoff. Besides the similar dismemberments of their body, Peter and Neil also had another startling connection. Peter was abducted on August 27th, 1981, and the last day Neil Muir was seen alive was August 27th, 1979. So, Peter was abducted on the anniversary of Neil's disappearance.
3: Hmm.
0: Investigators were not sure if this was just a coincidence, but there was a strong sense that the same killer was responsible for the murders of Neil and Peter. Because, like, yeah, it could be a coincidence, but, like, also, like, that's like, that's like, pretty, pretty yeah. Coincidental. Right, like, that's pretty. <laughs> too similar. coincidental. Yeah, a like, little too coincidental. Stress. Yeah. A little bit sus. Yeah.
2: Normally, serial killers, once you're done with one, they just quit and move on to the other.
0: Yeah, but they're like, hmm, I abducted Neil on this day, so, like, I'm gonna abduct this boy on this day. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> normally,
1: puts her hair does the
0: ears. Debbie Ryan meme hair tuck behind the ear and hmm take it behind the ear <laughs> <laughs> Anyways <laughs> Forensic psychiatrist Bill Lucas also came to the same conclusions. He theorized as well that the dissection of the bodies was sexually motivated. Um the gratification coming not from penetration but from domination and dissection of I the victim. Feel like
1: most serial killers like, there's like a sexual component of it because they like get off. Yeah, it's, of it's a power imbalance. Yes,
0: that is exactly what it is. It's, it's having power mm-hmm. over your victim. Uh-huh. Yes, so that yeah. is what this psychiatrist was saying basically was like it was sexually motivated because this killer not only did they have power over them when murdering them, but they also had power over them when dissecting their bodies. Yeah. Hmm. Um, he also believed that there may be an element of necrophilia involved Ugh. as well. And he didn't... I didn't really go into that, because, like, I don't want to talk about necrophilia. That's just... I... know, But this... That's just a whole nother yeah, step that I'm like... A, ooh, that's a... I don't want to go there. No. Let's... <laughs> yeah. That's no, a real you. I don't want to go there kind of thing. So, Peter's funeral took place one year after his remains were discovered. His mother, Lydia... A year. Yeah, because they were evidence. I mean, I yes, mean, but, but think like, about that's it, like, like...
1: Like, there's a lot of victims where it gets uncovered 20 plus years later. Yeah. yeah. Like...
2: It's just, like, crazy to sad. think, like, you found them, and then, like, their family has to wait a whole nother year, and yeah. it's, like, heartbreaking for the yeah, family, because it, it, I can't even imagine. It is. It's
0: really sad, because his, his remains, his bones were evidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I
2: understand it, but it's just, like...
0: They weren't even, yeah. They (laughs) weren't even. They weren't even released to his family to bury until the investigation was done. Yeah,
1: yeah. mourning your child and having to wait another year to re-mourn your child. Yes, yeah.
0: To finally lay them to rest Mm -hmm. a year after their remains are discovered. Trauma again. Almost like two years now after they went missing. Mm -hmm. That's gotta be like painful in a way that I can't even imagine. Um, his mother, Lydia, however, even after Peter was laid to rest, she never fully accepted that her son was dead.
3: Oh, God.
0: Um, Peter had a very distinctive chipped front tooth, and Lydia was convinced that if this tooth was missing, it could not be determined for sure that the remains belonged to Peter. She called for Peter's remains to be exhumed, and forensic odontologist Ken Brown um, was with Lydia and Alex's father, as they examined the teeth— and Lydia noted that the chipped tooth was not there. Even though Brown showed her superimposed images over Peter's missing teeth, Lydia would not accept it and she demanded that a DNA test be done to prove that the remains were Peter's. Um, however, Lydia's request for a DNA test was denied. When asked about Peter's case, Lydia did not use the word dead. She did not use the word murder. She spoke instead of his vanishing, and believed that it was the work of devil worshippers.
1: So, mom was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say she was crazy. I mean, she was in I denial. She was
0: definitely in denial. She
1: was. She didn't want to accept delusional.
0: it that it was. like... But
1: here's the thing, though. Like, there, you can be in denial. That's fine. You can be like, no, it's not my son. No, he wasn't murdered. Yada yada yada. But if when you take it the extra step the
0: devil it, it was the, it was the
1: devil Work, Girl, you are delusional. <laughs> when what when was the
2: Satanic panic?
0: Satanic panic was like the seventies into the eighties. This was okay. prime satanic yeah. panic time.
1: But also delusional.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: also delusion. delusion. But yeah, I mean
2: still under like
0: Yeah, definitely fell within like, there's the there's satanic also, panic. Like,
1: there's a line of denial and delusion. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Man was crossing over. Oh, for sure. Into delusion, <laughs> like like this she forensic odontologist.
0: It. He was like, "This is like literally your son." She's like, "But the chip tooth isn't there. It's not him." She said, what? "It was the devil. but he was <laughs> he was decomposed uh, for over yes, ten months, had, his body don't... had been burned multiple times. And you don't know how he
1: was what murdered. Have right? Died to him he could have yes. beat the
0: sh- yeah, you right. the shit beat out of yeah, him yeah. and losses too. tooth was wasn't there.
1: Just because it's not like you found him the next day.
0: Right, exactly. So this this was definitely a case of like a mother just not wanting to accept that her child was dead. And but at the same time, it's like she might have <laughs> needed some medication. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just a little. Just a little bit.
1: No like no it knows. probably she was probably like borderline, and then that happened, and it just just like pushed, pushed her over, her the, over edge. the edge. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So after Peter's murders, Officer Billy Tate and Dean Bryson requested... Or crashed We're back to seeing you the kids. The <laughs> Anyways, they requested for surveillance to be arranged on Bevan Von Einem, who you know, Bevins our well, dudes man. who are talking about all of this. We kinda kinda lose him and, like the mix of everything But yeah. Bevan. Forgot Bevan this is, was even about him. Right? I know. Bevan is primo suspect number one. We so do
1: also a virtuary that says Cindy. Send Handy. Capital E. We'd probably
0: Andy. get sued because she'd be like, that's my name. I'm like, fuck you, bitch, you're a murderer. But
1: we could do Cindy. Send Handy. H H E E. N D I E.
0: We'll think about it. We'll think about it. So, detect or Officers Tate and Bryson, they arranged for surveillance on Bevan. Bevan was still on police's radar from past suspicions, and they could not shake the feeling that he was somehow involved in Peter's murder. They got permission and began tailing Von Einem as he drove to a house in Brown Street in Norwood. The house was very familiar to them, and it was right next door to where former Premier Don Dunstan lived. So this is like a politician, like very well-known politician in the Adelaide area. The person who came out of the house to meet Bevan was Magistrate Richard Brown, so another person who was very involved in Adelaide politics. He hopped into Vine- von Einem's car, and Tate and Bryson discreetly tailed them, following as they drove a distance to a toilet block at Tennyson, a long way from Norwood in the Sand Hills. You said driving to a what? <laughs> a, a toilet, uh, a toilet block. So like a public bathroom, basically. Yeah. The detectives waited in their vehicle and eventually the pair came out of the toilet. Tate and Bryson reported this to their superior officer, Ken Thornson, and Thornson told the detectives that Von Einem is being looked at very closely and that it was best that they leave it to lead Detective Trevor Kipling to follow up. So it kind of sus that this magistrate was meeting up with him and they're going to this toilet block. Like, what were they doing? In the public bathroom, a little sus, it's whatever. But their superior officer basically told them, like, yeah, it's a little sus, but like, leave it be. The lead detective will take care of it. So now we are going to talk about the next murder in this saga, which is the murder of Mark Andrew Langley. On the night of February 28th, 1982, a man by the name of Adrian was searching for his missing paddle boat near the University of Adelaide footbridge, which stretched north across the Torrens River. He stopped momentarily when he heard the deafeningly loud noise of a vehicle with a muffler piercing the hush of the night and a car screeching to a halt. He sees the car and recognizes it as a pale blue green greener Ford, um, Ford 351. He continued watching as two men forcibly hustled someone into the car before two doors slammed and the vehicle sped away. He was immediately unnerved after witnessing this. He couldn't be sure if he just saw a scuffle between friends or a violent abduction. He went home and he told his partner Carol about it, but he decided against calling the police. Stupid. Mistake a, number. Right? Yeah. Mistake number. Oh, if you see something sus, call the police.
1: But also in the 80s, you're like, hmm, mind your business. That, literally.
0: That could have been off <laughs> the shrooms. Right. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> could have been off that, that acid. He could have
0: been off the shrooms. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, maybe maybe they were just the 80s were the time the 70s late 70s early 80s drugs
0: y'all were doing some drugs Drugs. so about a week (laughs) about a week after this event a man named robert windsor was reading a newspaper in his home um oh god when he i just lost my spot fuck me (laughs) Me. Okay, so he was reading a newspaper in his home when he came across a photo of a young man who'd gone missing on February 28th. Robert immediately recognized the man as someone he'd seen looking a little frightened Ralph as he said, was... fuck you, I'm going to mom. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph doesn't even like me. No, he's this food. Um, no. but again, Robert recognized this man as someone he'd seen looking a little frightened as he was hitchhiking around 4 a.m. on Hackney Road. Windsor saw a car pull up and watched as this young man got hack into that car. Road. Hack, right? Hack. hack you off at the knees, man. Oh.
1: <laughs> all right, we and took it there. <laughs> I thought that's where y'all were going. I was just doing the hack, not <laughs> hack at the knees. <laughs> we took it, you all took it a the little. Way there. You took it a step farther. You know what? I'm
0: always gonna take it a little. I'm always gonna take it a step too far. <laughs> so this man that Robert saw getting into the car was Mark Andrew Langley mark was described as being good looking and knowing it
1: you know what this is making me think of what like seeing somebody get in the car and not calling the cops or whatever What well, we were talking about save a lot owner
0: oh my god yeah
1: mm-hmm. homeboy now all i can think of when i'm over there by steak Star is her baumeister and, her and i'm like, like oh my god color. there's gotta be bodies in the wall
2: what about <laughs> when i go to save a lot every day
1: yeah, c- literally, because there's a cereal killer. There's literally
2: a save-a-lot around the corner from don't my house.
1: Go That's no, cool. we, go, we go to BJ's now, but in he, the beginning, we were he, going to put save a He bones like. in his garden. He was crushing their bones He was, was crushing his up his their garden. bones garden. and put them Well, in clearly his he
0: garden. don't own it no more. Well, he killed himself. he did. He went to Canada and killed himself. He went to Canada and he killed himself. He sure did. on your chair. What? Your what? My your sock? what is stuck on your what? Your sock? Girl, get it together. We got to How did you get the was...
1: sock stuck? I don't know.
0: Bro. No. Anyways.
1: Anyways. <laughs> so, like
0: I said, Mark was described as being good looking know. and knowing it. He was 18 years old, 6 feet tall. You know what's
1: crazy? What? <laughs> you said who? Mark? Mark. Oh, okay, no, never mind.
0: <laughs> okay, let's move on. I was going
1: to say most serial killers are like... A lot of serial killers are described as like good looking. No, I mean, this charming, this was
0: one know. of the victims. This is one yeah. of the victims. He was described as being very good looking. He had dark hair, dark features. He was eighteen, he was six oh, feet god tall. And, and he was he was he was described as being very, very handsome. Six
1: feet tall. Was
0: six feet, oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little push the hair behind the ear. Six feet tall, oh my You're god. six foot. You're six foot <laughs> 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 Um, people described him as having a movie star smile. Oh. And he was very popular with women, and he was rarely spotted without a Cancer star sign necklace he wore around his neck. Mark was a Cancer, and Autumn is also a Cancer. And Emily's a Gemini. I am a Gemini, so like pretty
1: much a Cancer. Um, I'm a Capricorn, and I'm pretty pretty much a Gemini. Right, you're. I'm like I'm. You're er, right. You are. You are early season
0: Cancer. I'm a Capricorn. Literally,
1: Cancer season. Stephanie's (laughs) Stephanie's fired. <laughs> Stephanie's fired. You're never invited to do this ever again. <laughs> I'm like borderline, I'm like the mix. I'm Excuse the, me I'm the mixture Excuse me, of the like Gemini both. and the Cancer. I have probably the worst qualities of both. <laughs> honestly, <laughs>
0: honestly, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. No. At least like,
1: I had to experience it first <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: so so Mark was always wearing his, uh, his <laughs> Cancer star sign necklace. His parents, David and Jan Langley, they absolutely adored Mark and his two sisters and proudly bragged about Mark's accomplishments. Mark had actually just recently gotten a job working at the new Supreme Court in Adelaide. What are you doing? I'm trying to tell this story. We're listening. You're getting a ham. (laughs) And by a ham, I mean Carter. (laughs) That's a ham boy right there. Anyway, so his, Mark's parents were very, very proud of him. Mark was very successful, and they loved to brag about how successful their son was. His parents also described him as being one of the kindest people they had ever known. Mm. Like Carter. He's the kindest well, little guy is, you would ever know. This is why know. we
1: need Stephanie, because with me, he's like, I'm enough. Yeah,
0: headbutting your microphone. So your job is to entertain Carter. <laughs> I can do that. So on the day of his disappearance, Mark was attending a family barbecue. He left around 30 in the morning with two friends named Ian and Paula. Wait, pause.
1: If you pick him up and, like, put his head on it. Yep. There you go. Yep. He will
0: he will nuzzle yep. your shoulder like he's a little and baby. And he will sit there
1: he's the heavy. whole
0: time. He He's probably 17 pounds. He's yeah. a big boy. And he
1: will sit there the whole time.
0: Yep. He's a baby. So, like I mentioned, on the Davis' disappearance, um, Mark had been at a family barbecue, though he did leave this barbecue around 1.30 in the morning. And he left with two friends. I know they were fucking getting lit. Um, And he left this barbecue with two friends named Ian and Paula. Ian was driving and (laughs) pulled the car over in on War Memorial Drive, where he got out to use the bathroom. When he returned, he and Mark got into an argument over cigarettes. And Mark stormed out of the car and began walking towards the university footbridge. Ian decided to drive off with Paula to play a bit of a prank on Mark. But when they circled back to where they thought they'd find him, Mark was nowhere to be found. Oh. Ian and Paula searched for hours before they ended up enlisting the help of friends who reassured them that Mark would have just gone ahead and caught a taxi home. By the time they were done searching, it was getting close to dawn. They decided to head home and look for him again after they got some sleep. Mark was reported missing the next day around four in the afternoon. On March 8th, just a week after Mark's disappearance, Wayne Bolton and his father, both weed contractors, are spraying and suffocating blackberries on the side of a dirt road at Somerton at the base of Mount Lofty. As they drive, they immediately notice an overwhelming odor of something rotting. They then notice a pair of boots and blue jeans discarded on the side of the road. It takes them a second to understand that the boots and jeans are still being worn by a corpse, having been dumped down the incredibly steep embankment. Police were immediately called to the scene. The body was hot, quote-unquote, which means that it was in very early stages of decomposition. Proteins were decomposing, tissues losing cohesive structure, and organs deteriorating. And the maggot infestation is accelerated by exposure to light <laughs> and the elements.
1: That is the Maggot. Okay. Infest. Yes. What so
0: the, he, mm. let he's living his life. Just let him go. Let him do what he wants to do. <laughs> he's gonna put his booty hole in your face. <laughs> he's a big boy. It's I'm trying to like hold him up, but just I'm like... push him off. You let him go you guys don't love me like like this (laughs) so even with the decomposition the police were certain that they had found the remains of mark langley his body had been washed and redressed hastily he still had on the jeans he was wearing the night he disappeared but the belt was looped the wrong way and the jeans were done up but not zipped he was naked from the waist up His blue satin shirt and distinctive pendant missing. Oh,
1: a satin shirt.
0: There was no blood at the scene and no other indication that Mark had been murdered where his remains were found. Duh, are they ever? Nah, they always be dumping them bodies. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Derek Pounder was once again in charge of the autopsy. Dr. Pounder surmised that Mark had been killed around three to eight days prior to the discovery of his remains. A definitive cause of death was not able. Three
1: to eight days. It well,
0: I, a big, lot of the times with these things, like you can't get a definitive time.
1: But like a little, like three to six? <laughs> <a day.
0: laughs> it's those two days that's really getting you, huh? Yeah. The three to eight? Really <laughs> Maybe like three to
1: four? Three to four days? Maybe uh, three to
0: five? I mean, yeah. give you a little. I don't know, man. He said three to eight. They said three to eight. All um, that's all.
1: That's in a few days from now to a week.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but I guess he was so. The maggots was partying on that body, so they had really no way to tell. Um, a definitive That's cause of terrible. death was not able to be found, but Dr. Pounder found similar injuries mm-hmm. to those sustained by yes. Alan Barnes and Neil Muir. There was significant trauma to the anus from the insertion of a large object with hemorrhage into the internal mucosa with a tear in the <laughs> rectum as well. There was also another crude injury specific to...
1: <laughs> Is this big? And, and then, then put it what? over Carter's head. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's <laughs> fucked up. That's <laughs> fucked up. That is so fucked up. Carter was just is like, so fucked up. <laughs> she said, she said, <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about somebody who was brutally murdered. Stephanie <laughs> goes, "You gotta this be able big big to laugh." Somebody's done with How horrifying this can be! Put it over over car, Carter was just like this big ass fucking melon head.
1: <laughs> Carter literally just took it. Was like, <laughs> he's like, "What's going on? Said, is Touch me. What's happening? <laughs> I don't understand." You know, when oh, things oh, are like, this terrible, terrible.
2: There. you gotta be able to have some humor. No, seriously though
1: car there Maybe not to that extent but <laughs> with your head really you good. heard something inappropriate <laughs> don't even don't
0: even he still likes me though he's he jealous still, he likes he everybody he do look um, at your notobies way to make me feel like shit look at you, your notobies but he he likes everybody but he doesn't like men so it's okay me. Neither. um anyways Same. let's we'll none get none
1: of us do <laughs>
0: every matter <men> trash <laughs>
1: Men. Men, derogatory. derogatory. <laughs> Men derogatory.
0: <laughs> Anyways, so there was another crude injury that was specific to mm. Mark's case only. He had a crude cut five centimeters above his penis, going upwards to the right of his abdomen, a further sixteen point five centimeters. Uh, this yeah. was the type of cut that was commonly used as a surgical incision. Uh, yes. The body hair had also been shaved around where the wound was. The wound had been clumsily stitched closed and then taped with the same type of tape that was often used in hospitals, but also commonly used by trans people and drag queens to tape breasts and genitals as it was much less abrasive to remove than other types of tape. This made Dr. Pounder think of something he had seen many times before. A person who had inserted an object too far into the rectum Unable to retrieve it manually, having to have the object removed <laughs> surgically under general anesthesia. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> so it seemed that whoever had killed Mark Langley had cut him open post mortem to retrieve whatever object they had forcibly inserted inside him. So they put oh. it so far inside him that oh. they could not retrieve it and they had to cut him open Let me to tell get it. You.
1: Do you have um, a story about
0: that? Um, um, Stephanie works in the medical field, so, like, don't violate HIPAA, but if you got a story, no, tell a story. I mean, it wouldn't violate HIPAA.
2: Kind of like, what's going on? <laughs> there was a man who came into our emergency room, I work in CAT scan, in an x-ray radiology, a lot of people come in with a, like, foreign object,
0: foreign object in their unquote. rectum, or vagina stop stop <laughs> shoving random shit up your fucking holes hey, please like, stop a lot of <laughs> times with it the can... random
1: shit in the coochie a balls, time... wait, you don't you know have know any infections wait,
0: wait hold on i gotta I got a psa for y'all if it if you're gonna put something oh. up your butt there's a golden rule right if it doesn't have what? a flare don't put it there which means <gasps> that the base is not flared don't put it up your butt because I mean, it's gonna that just, fucking off. Wait, and pause. Anyway, pause
1: and pause. Exit. Wait. Wait a second. I've never heard of that, but. Hang, hang on. Stop yelling. <laughs> Emily, the fact that she said there's a saying for putting shit in your heart's holes. For you, bitch. Put? What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, wait Hang I'm just trying to give a PSA that is an exit listener. I have he hole only first of all I stuff. have never heard that saying once in my entire fucking life if it doesn't lineup. have a flare don't put it up there that means, never. Emily you dirty bitch you <laughs> dirty <laughs> <laughs> yeah dirty bitch that is an exit only that's how I feel exit hole not <laughs> an in hole but, but for anyways, any of you
0: guys who might be exploring those avenues if it doesn't have a flare don't put it up there don't there you go.
2: do it. Anyway, so a lot of times story. it'll come in, people will come in and it'll be like a vibrator or something. They like a
1: sex vibrators? toy. Do you, do you shove it up in your butt? Oh, yeah. yeah. They mm. locked it in their body? Yeah, they shoved
0: it up a little too far. <laughs> Man, why? Okay. You let go? Like, that's like, why what? I said if it doesn't have a flare, don't put it
1: up there. But I'm confused. Please. No, it
3: could
0: be even in their vagina. But,
1: the, the, but, <laughs> but that's the vagina. vagina. <laughs> But well, that's the thing, but like, why would you let go of
0: it? I don't Reese, know, some people
1: just get a little they just too wild. Big, They're like, oh, it's gonna stay in your... But anyway, and just, we had a gentleman <laughs> okay, answer, come ahead. in
2: that had a full soda can. <gasps> You're like... Oh, <gasps> it is booty? Do I have... It is butthole. A soda Shut can. Up. Why
1: did he put that there? A soda can.
2: So, Sadly, he said it was sexual assault. Aww. But the man has been in there for shoving an apple.
1: Up oh, there, okay. so he was. So just, he did. He it. was just getting
0: doing some kinky. We shit. We don't know curious. the whole story. He was I just curious. Just
2: watched the scan
0: come up. And there's a but soda can in his booty hole. I took a picture of it. A whole apple. Oh my an apple. god. Bro,
2: that's a whole ass
0: soda can. So when we
2: take a CAT scan, they take like a, like so you're on your back. Uh, So it's called an AP, so anterior posterior, uh and then you get a lateral image from the side. You can tell when there's liquid inside of it. And this was a F- full-ass s- s- co- soda can. And in his like report, it's or story, it said that he, he, was, sexually he assaulted. was sexually assaulted. Which is very sad. Like that if sad. that happens,
1: but like you but also, but then been in there he- shoving an apple up your asshole. If you have been in there multiple times for something being up your butt, then I'm. S- but it's, it's like no longer. Yeah.
0: No, no names. No, no names. No, no names. names. We yeah. there's no way to know who this person is. No, no personal identifying information. No.
1: Yeah.
2: But it's like we used to literally have a book of foreign objects in a person's body. Like not, crazy. not just like shoved up places, but like scissors in a person's chest. Like jack thought.
1: You
2: that could happen, like, you but keep you
1: your ass. Ow, we I'm literally straight sharp. up kept out?
0: <laughs> we
2: we literally flashlight Vegetables,
1: vegetables like <laughs> cucumber, <laughs> like you are not supposed like,
2: to like. Don't get me wrong, it doesn't happen often, like as you would think it would. Like, when you, like, I don't think we, this
1: would happen at all.
0: <laughs> this, I can't but, believe this person had a whole soda can apple? full, soda he had apple an apple of and he his had his asshole and he had to have it surgically removed. And it's holy like, holy.
2: That's, like, it's, like, it happens more than, like, and this was a grown adult. Yes, a grown-ass man.
0: Dude, that's wild. A grown-ass person. That's so wild.
2: Oh, my God. It was, like, and, like, don't get me wrong, like, sexual assault terrible but and like he, i
0: think he was just doing something kinky and was embarrassed about yeah, it you, you don't like you don't because know it was a and the history thing, of and it. the
2: thing is like we can't know for sure oh but still yeah. like it's just like
0: it seems a little odd if you have a history of shoving Yeah. Random so, random so up like your but you
2: can only take the person as it like right, what they're uh, telling you so value, it's like right. it yeah
0: Wooey! Alright, man. So. Anyway, back to it. Our Timothy Chalamet prayer candle. We love Tim Tam Chalamet in this fucking house. Ew. We're like, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie! She just, said, we have a we... Timothy Chalamet prayer candle in our house, and Stephanie just motioned like she was gonna shove it up somebody's ass. <laughs> Do
1: not. <disrespect laughs> oh.
0: Timothy Chalamet like not, that. Listen. Not listen.
1: She, not she, it, said, Timothy. she said, she said, not. But, like, Do not that is Timothy like. like, that. like. That's it's one the of perfect the size, right? You can just bam, t- <laughs> <uh-oh>. <laughs> pop, pop it up there.
2: I did not use those words. I just
1: know that these two bitches right here, <laughs> the two of them, fucked up, bro. We're getting
2: so. Listen, I tired. can't help but we're I work in the so medical field.
0: Tired.
1: Anyways, listen. I used to work.
2: I did not a, know that saying Emily
0: said.
1: Used, if it doesn't have a flare, don't put it a, there. We, <laughs> that is life advice. But no I used one to ever work told me a that. At home for troubled youth, and they used to do some.
0: Weird shit. All right, y'all, we're getting back into this. So based on the incisions and the the, the postmortem incisions, um, Dr. Pounder came to the conclusion that the same person or people who killed Ellen Barnes and Neil Muir also killed Mark Langley. And he also theorized that they had gone back in postmortem to retrieve whatever object they had inserted inside of him.
1: The foreign body. What is that?
0: What? Stephanie, what are you doing? We have a story to tell.
1: What is that? Oh, no. Stephanie,
0: close <laughs> your what fucking phone. What is
1: Let me... T- hang on. Let me see. Can we... we what can- the fuck is that?
0: Is that Bro. a spring? Do we need to pause this?
1: <laughs>
0: All right. Anyways... So, this theory that the same person who killed Ellen Barnes and Neil Muir also killed Mark Langley was further strengthened when forensic chemist Dominic Vazzo found another connection between the victims. Mark Langley had traces of mandrax in his blood. So, that was that drug we talked about in part one that is basically, like, a sedative. Bitch,
1: close your phone. Close your phone. I have shit to tell you. A spoon? Close your phone. (laughs)
0: <laughs> close your phone she's looking at fucking pictures of shit yes, showing up people's asses
1: no it's not you're a weirdo it's just objects she's in a body, body. She's a so like when people
0: we'll get like stabbed Or when
1: people swallow things
2: a spoon it's in not, their lungs it's not like so somebody there's... inhale a
0: spoon <laughs> maybe or got stabbed by a
1: spoon okay anyway,
0: we're getting too off track. We're getting, off track we're getting too off track we're getting off track anyways oh, lock it Lock Lock the phone. Oh, lock, a lot the phone. Of paper lock the phone. Okay.
2: okay. I feel like I'm getting yelled at by my mother.
0: Yes, you should be. Because like you're that. looking
2: up we are telling
0: you. we're telling a story. I'm telling you a story. So, six months after Mark Langley's murder, a sixteen-year-old referenced only by the name of George was hitchhiking after midnight near the Torrens River. A man wearing glasses and driving a bronze colored Ford Falcon watched George for a bit before pulling up beside him and offering him a ride. He also told George about a party that he was going to that would be full of booze and girls and asked George if he wanted to go. With nothing better to do, George accepted, and the man took him to the house where the party was supposedly being held. When they arrived, there were no girls but plenty of alcohol. After a while, two women did arrive. George ended up having sex with one of them, while the man who'd brought him to the party stayed in the room and watched. This is where George's memory of the night ends. 27 hours after he'd been picked up, George found himself in a taxi on his way back home, in immense pain, with a half-centimeter, about a quarter-inch, tear in his anus. George surmised (laughs) that he'd been drugged and raped at the party and made the decision to report the assault to the Holden Hill Criminal Investigation Branch. The case was taken on by Officer Sam Bass. Bass finds the taxi driver that George that had taken George home and worked from there. He ended up finding the house that George was picked up from, which was a rundown thing owned by two women and one man in the suburb of Elberton, just outside of Adelaide. The women answer the door when Bass goes to the house to question them, and they confess that they knew George had been picked up and brought to the house by a man they all mutually knew. Can you guess who it was? Bevin. It was fucking Bevin. <sighs> Fucking Bevan. When Bass brought Bevin to the police station for questioning, Bevan told a story quite different from the one that George had. He admitted to picking up George and bringing him to the party, but adamantly denied raping or drugging him. Unfortunately, because George had been under the influence of drugs and alcohol and unable to recall specific details about the events of the night he was assaulted, no charges were ever brought in regard to his rape. So now we're going to circle back to that murder that Bevin is initially arrested and tried for, which is um, the murder of Richard Kelvin. So Bevin's trial for the murder of Richard Richard Kelvin began on October 15th, 1984. Bevin pleaded not guilty and his defense was led by Barry Jennings and Helena Jansinski, who had been retained as Bevin's attorney since he'd been questioned regarding the murders during the previous year. The prosecution was led by Brian Martin with assistance from Paul Rofe. For the prosecution, it was a matter of proving von Einem's guilt by presenting the strong scientific evidence that had been gathered during the investigation and disproving von Einem's story of being in contact with Kelvin on the night of June 5th, 1983. For the defense, it was a case of trying to make von Einem's story hold up in court and raising doubts about his ability to keep Kelvin captive for five weeks and committing the murder. The prosecution opened their case with the jury being taken to the various sites around Adelaide that were important in the trial, and over the first week, they called various witnesses to the stand. Kelvin's parents, girlfriend, and best friend were called to testify that Kelvin was an average 15-year-old who had not willingly got into a car with a stranger, who was heterosexual, no homosexual or bisexual tendencies, and that he had been wearing the dog collar as a joke. Because if you remember when he was picked up, he was wearing a dog collar, which is like what they thought that, like, attracted Bevan to him. He's like, ooh, that boy's wearing a dog collar. Is he kinky? Weak, weak, nudge, nudge. Um, but his dog had, it like, died. just died, like, a yeah. week earlier, so he was, like, wearing, like, in memoriam to this dead dog.
3: Aww. Oh.
0: Um, so people living close to the Kelvins then testified they had heard noises and commotion corresponding to the abduction taking place on the day of June 5th, around 6 p.m. Forensic pathologists were called to testify about the injuries to Kelvins' head and anus and the likely cause of his death, and pharmacists gave evidence of the excessive amount of different hypnotic drugs which von Einem had been prescribed. So this is like, I got an exact number. It was 5,872 tablets and capsules of six different brands of drugs between the time of December 15th, 1978 and August 10th, 1983. Oh, shit. so he had a fuck ton of drugs. Damn. Fuck ton of drugs. And they That's also showed that Von Einem had often had prescriptions for drugs issued from three different chemists on the same day or during the same weeks. So he was going to multiple different doctors like, I need these drugs. yeah, And these were the drugs that he theoretically was using to drug his victims. Various police officers who worked on the case testified to their investigation of Von Einem since they had first questioned him about the murder as well as their visit to Von Einem's home, where a police officer claimed that Von Einem's bedroom appeared to have been cleaned extensively. Forensic scientists were called next to give evidence first on when Kelvin had died and when his body had been dumped in the Adelaide Hills area, and a leading entomologist claimed from the larvae cycle of flies that were on the body, and comparing these to the larvae cycles of flies on a dead dog that was nearby, that Kelvin's body must have been dumped beside the airstrip on July 10th, 1983. Other forensic scientists were called to testify about the hair and fiber samples collected that were linked to Von Item himself and his home. Hairs from Von Item were found on and inside Kelvin's clothing, and 925 fiber samples found on Kelvin's clothing. 250 of those samples came from Von Item's home environment, with just seven from Kelvin's home. So they collected a fuck ton of samples and yeah. were like, shit, there's a lot of these that were like from his house. Yeah. So he was, y'all were definitely in the same house. Yeah. So I don't know how you're going to try to explain that away. That, <laughs> that do be sus. That do be sus. The scientists stated that if Von Item's story was true, then there should be a very small amount or even none of the fibers and hair samples from that night still on Kelvin's clothing, some 36 hours later, let alone five weeks later. Faced with this damning scientific evidence, the defense tried to counter the, this during cross-examination by floating a possible theory that after Von Item's last contact with Calvin, he had been abducted by other people who had stored his clothing for five weeks before murdering him and redressing him. <laughs> Which, like, bro, the fuck? That's, like, so <laughs> like, far I kidnapped reaching. kidnapped him, but then other people kidnapped him. They kidnapped <laughs> him from me. <laughs> right? I
2: planned to do this, but, like, they took him... They
0: kidnapped him after and I kidnapped did
2: him. did what I was gonna do.
0: <laughs> I kidnapped him, and then they kidnapped him again. <laughs> like, the fuck? Um, while the nice friends- try. Nice try, but no. While the forensic scientist conceded that this was a possible scenario... Under renewed cross-examination by the prosecution, they conceded that it would still be unlikely given the whole science of how fibers and hair would transfer from surface to surface over time. So, yeah, theoretically it could be possible, but in this case, mm, props not. Props not. The defense opted for Von Item to give an unsworn statement from the doc rather than to give sworn evidence from the witness box. In his unsworn statement, Von Item detailed his alibi with what he claimed happened between June 5th and July 11th, 1983. He again claimed that on June 5th, he had picked up Kelvin in North Adelaide, had driven him home and later dropped him off in the Adelaide CBD. He also claimed that he was sick with the flu for the next week after that and did not return to work until June 15th. Von Einem was quite sketchy on his activities after that, however, he did remember that he did remember what he did on July 10th, the day the body was dumped on the airstrip. He said that he was at a relative's birthday party with his mother for most of that evening, and after dropping off a friend on the way home, had gone straight to bed and then to work the next day. He also addressed the issue of the noisy exhaust on the car heard during the abduction of Kelvin by stating that the exhaust on his Ford Falcon... Um, which he'd actually sold on July sixteenth, uh, nineteen eighty-three. He said it couldn't have been my car because my exhaust is in good condition. It would not have been that loud. Like, nice
3: excuse. <laughs> nice <laughs> <six> excuse.
0: <years>. Give <laughs> right? me the and proof. And he sold the car too prior to all this happening, so they had like no way to double check yeah. it. It's like it wasn't my exhaust because my exhaust is quiet. <laughs> fucking Bevin. You have no proof. Bed, fucking Bevin. Um, So he closed his unsworn statement again by just claiming his innocence. The defense then called various witnesses in an attempt to corroborate Von Einem's story. The witnesses included colleagues and friends who testified to him being unwell and at home during his first week of Kelvin's captivity. Also testifying for the defense was a bushwalker who, while walking his dogs through the airstrip, had discovered Kelvin's body on July 24th. (laughs) <laughs> cats are assholes that why did Bubby just like completely like just like
1: Walk, ignore you? Like, you. Pass pass Yeah, he looked at us like he was about to touch our fingers so and he, he was said no. He, was like, no he said fuck you mm-hmm. so I got better things to do now he's
0: under here hi Bub He said like, bye, bye Bubby he's an old man okay he's bye. give him a break he's like 12
1: <gasps> he got itch
0: he got an itch oh wow good itch <laughs> Wow, this foot is. So oh wow, look at that fat man! You got so many hairs on your socks. Of course. Can you do. just look at my sweatshirt? You were cuddling Carter, and he sheds like a motherfucker.
1: Yeah,
2: Anyways, I mean, I'm not mad about it, but I need a lint roller.
0: I don't have one of those. My
1: bodysuit is so fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're actually we're we're, de- we're, dec- we're decently close to the bottom so we're just gonna we're gonna, just gonna like,
1: do can we because i might have to pee like how much we got left
0: um okay pause pause and um um we don't we don't we, don't, we honestly don't have a ton left you'll not make better. it we're just gonna we're just talking about the trial and whatnot at this point okay. so not a okay. ton left um okay so now I lost my spot. Fuck
1: me. <laughs> Bevin, Bevin. His car—that can't be his car because it wasn't that. Loud.
0: It wasn't my car because my car is quiet. <laughs> okay, so again, he he sold this Ford that was in question. So they actually brought like the person who bought the car oh. onto the stand. You said you bought this car from Bevin. You bought this car from Bevin. Damn. Bevan? And this person was able to detail the condition of the car, and their relative who hosted the birthday party on July 10th stated that Von Einem and his mother had arrived there at 5.30pm and left at 10.30pm. Photographs of Von Einem at the party were also tendered to the court, as again, evidence is like, he couldn't have murdered this kid, he was at this party. But like, they also held Richard Calvin captive for like five weeks, so like... Uh, uh... Uh, finally, the defense called Von Enum's mother to testify about her son's activities over the weekend upon which Kelvin was kidnapped. Under cross-examination, the prosecution were able to show inconsistencies in her current testimony compared to her earlier statements to police about Von Enum's whereabouts on the weekend of June 4th and 5th. So, like, you're lying, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They said, you're lying, Bitch. Um, this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, the defense's case considerably as it highlighted Von Einem's change of his account of what happened on the <laughs> night of June fifth, nineteen eighty-three. What the fuck are you laughing at?
1: Those fuckers are they doing? Don't that? beat up your brother. Why the <laughs> fire? They're getting
0: toasty. Beating each other up, being toasty. They're fighting, fighting and toasty. They both like to be toasty. Toasty and fired. Toasty and fired. <laughs> toasty and foiled. <fightin'. laughs> Anyways, oh. in Any their ways. summation <laughs> Just like coo whip coo, whip, coo whip. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. in their summation the prosecution stated that the evidence they presented proved that Vine Einem's story was full of lies and inconsistencies and that he, possibly with the help of others, did murder Richard Kelvin. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you, Bevin. They also stated that his admission that he had picked up Kelvin showed that he was in contact with him on June 5th, that the fibers and hairs proved that Von Einem was with him at the time just before and or at the time of death, and that the drugs proved Von Einem was with Kelvin between those times. The prosecution also answered the doubts raised by the defense about when on July 10th the body was dumped at the airstrip, by suggesting that Von Einem could have dumped the body sometime very late on July 10th or in the mornings of July 11th before going to work for that day. The defense stated in their summary that the prosecution had failed to prove beyond reasonable doubt that Von Einem was guilty of murder and also were not able to establish the exact cause of Kelvin's death, yes, so therefore the jury must give Von Einem the benefit of the doubt. Are
1: fucking kidding me?
0: Stupid. Fuck that. Reasonable doubt is bullshit. 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 You know oh.
1: what? <laughs> you know I'm what? Sick. Nothing. <laughs> what? I'm sick of these motherfuckers. What the hell? <laughs> she said, you know what? What the hell? Silence. <laughs> <laughs>
2: these fuckers.
1: These, these motherfuckers.
0: Fuckers. <laughs> like, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> you know like, what? Ugh. <clears throat> <laughs> Honestly, <clears throat> ugh. So, after about seven and a half hours of deliberation, the jury returned to give their verdict. Vinam was found guilty of the murder and was yeah, automatically was. sentenced to life at Yatala Labor Prison. What is the that? fuck is a Yatala? Yatala! <laughs>
1: Yatala,
0: Yatala. la la la. that? It's an Aust- Australia. <laughs> We're not, Australia. not in a state. Australia. It's in
1: Australia, Australia. Australia. <laughs> with, Australia. Australia. with the flying spiders. With the spiders. What kind of accent <laughs> yeah, was, there? was there? That,
0: dude. that? The was flying not, spiders? That was not an Aussie accent. There's like a... Boitos. Boitos? Arr, nerr, clear.
2: <laughs> arr, arr. No, I think of Shrek.
0: Don't Shrek get. That's Don't, get.
1: Sucks, <laughs> no, <idiot>. <laughs> Don't get. No, but. Don't get. Don't get. Don't get.
2: But er, then you go back to freaking H2O. Cleo. Clear.
0: There's an like the Ernner, clear. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> For any of you that are listening in, Australia, in Australia, I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and well, TikTok if you has please, ruined just us. Just say spiders for us. Spiders. TikTok Spides. has ruined us. Spiders.
2: Oh my god. Spiders. We're like reminiscing on 2014, but TikTok but has I, ruined my, us now.
0: Oh my fucking god, Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. So after Von Einem was found guilty for the murder of Richard Kelvin, Mr. Justice White imposed a non parole period of 24 years. Under South Australian law, 30 of the non parole period could be taken off for good behavior in prison. Based on this reckoning, Von Einem could conceivably have been eligible for parole in late 1999. Right, the Attorney General of South Australia immediately oh, yes. appealed the leniency of the non-parole period, and on March 29, 1985, the Court of Criminal Appeals in South Australia increased the non-parole period to 36 years, which was a record at the time in that state. Mm. The earliest von item could uh, be released see, on she parole... Said stay- yeah, there are states in Australia. Oh, I, she, I
1: said, "What state are <laughs> you in?" Stephanie said, "We're not in a state. This is Australia. is <laughs> the, the state of South Australia, I
0: guess." Anyways,
1: I didn't okay. know there
0: were states in Australia.
1: I don't <laughs> live there.
0: Apparently, I think of
1: Australia as one place. Just one. There's no. It's city. one big continent <laughs> right. of Australia. I know there's like cities, but, but I, I mean, didn't know there was like states. states. This, yes, it's like I didn't know like this. Africa. I don't so live there.
0: After this ruling, the earliest bond item to be. I did
2: not do well in geography. Clearly. clearly.
0: <laughs> um, but after this ruling, the earliest that Von Item could be released on parole was therefore moved to October 31st, 2007, Halloween? after allowing for the fact that a third of the non-parole period could be taken off for good behavior in prison.
1: God,
0: damn. Um, Von Item's defense team appealed the conviction to the Court of Criminal Appeal in South Australia and requested that a new trial be set. The basis for this appeal was the evidence given about Kelvin's heterosexuality, the references to Von Items' own homosexuality, the trial, and the negative impact that
1: might, that, that might have had. At so this, this bitch's big age, she's caught with her fingers. She's <laughs> <You see> how <laughs> old said, I was. You said 2007. She no, said... Like, <laughs>
2: And eat, and I was kind of how old. I was.
1: <laughs> this All right. bitch is big. I and want okay without counting. Defense. I still count on my finger. Okay, but okay. 2007. Say, how old are you? I am 20 fucking six. In 2007? No, I thought you were talking about six, you said how old are you? No, I said how old
2: were you in 2007? 102, 102, in 2007, five, six, I was 11. Seven. Okay, I wanted to count. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were born in but.
0: 96. Yeah, so 10. It's two thousand seven. My brain is um, not
2: processing that right now because it clearly. is way past my fucking bedtime. <laughs>
1: it's nine forty-six. Exactly. Bro. You said two thousand seven, and she literally went. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like, if you're wondering,
0: I got I said, eleven. Ain't no
1: way, this has been on her She got to eleven
0: eventually. <laughs> But yeah, 96 plus 10 is Fuck 2006, you. plus 1 is 2007, equals
1: 11. We were 11. <laughs> Listen, guys,
0: I do better with science
2: and English.
1: If you are science-brained, you are math-brained. No, no, I am not. No,
2: I am not, because I have failed says, a lot of math. She said,
1: I don't need math to take CT
0: scans of pop bottles to people's assholes. Damn straight. <laughs>
2: you don't see me doing
1: math. Like, I don't need to find the fucking diameter of this <laughs> coke
0: bottle. I just know it's
1: up there. I know there's a circumference there, but I don't have to find it. Like, no, nope. That is too big to shove up your asshole, please. Just know that <laughs> don't put that there. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, so. Bevin's. Bevin's Thank you. <laughs> at this point, Bevin's defense team is filing any appeals that they possibly can to try to get, you know, the convictional return to her sentence reduced. That's not work. Um, so they basically were like, y'all shouldn't have talked about Richard Kelvin's heterosexuality, and you shouldn't have talked about Bevin's homosexuality that biased it. And they also said that Justice White, in his summation, did not include reference to the testimony given by Von Einem's relative about his attendance at the birthday party on the day that Kelvin's body was dumped. Which, like, doesn't mean shit. No. Because this is also...
2: We could have dumped the body like, and
0: gone straight to the birthday party. We also have to remember that Bevan von Einem is also suspected to be only one part of a massive like, family. Family, Exactly, mm-hmm. of pedophiles mm-hmm. and murderers. So, just because he didn't dump the body, body doesn't, mean doesn't mean
1: he didn't kill you. Exactly,
0: exactly. Five exactly. other people who could have. So, the people. Court of Criminal Appeal rejected this appeal, saying that the trial was conducted fairly and justly throughout. They did concede that Mr. Justice White should have included the evidence relating to the birthday party. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, that don't mean shit. That, that's very little evidence.
1: I just feel like Bevin can go to hell. <laughs> I just feel like Bevin can get fucked. <laughs> get fucked. Get
0: fucked. Get fucked. Meet you in hell, bitch. Meet you in hell, bitch. I'll see you there. I'll see, I'll see you there, motherfucker. So, after Bevan's conviction and Richard Kelvin's murder, more inquests were opened to the deaths of Alan Barnes, Neil Muir, Peter Stogonoff, and Mark Langley. Because remember, at this point, these are all unsolved. The only thing that he has been convicted for at this point is Richard Kelvin. On March 24th, 1988, the state coroner, after reviewing the facts of all the cases, stated that the manner and circumstances in which the four were murdered were very similar to Mm -hmm. that of the case of Kelvin, particularly the murders of Barnes and Langley. The committal hearing to determine if Von Item should stand trial for the murders of Barnes and Langley began on March 5, 1990, before Magistrate David Gurry. Von Item pleaded not guilty to both murders, and his defense counsel immediately claimed that it would be an abuse of justice if their client, for their client if he was ordered to stand trial given the mass coverage of the murders in the media in the past year. Brian Martin again led the prosecution, and the case rested majorly on the evidence from the murder of Richard Kelvin, specifically the closely shared characteristics of Kelvin's murder with that of Alan Barnes and Mark Langley. The prosecution also presented evidence obtained through some of Von Einem's former associates, testifying to how Von Einem would pick up boys hitchhiking and sexually abuse them. So a lot
1: like
0: Save a Lot Man. <laughs> yes, a lot like Save Lot Man. <laughs> Very much. (laughs) Very similar to Save a Lot, ma'am. Included in the testimony from Von Items' associates were also allegations of Von Item being involved in the unexplained Beaumont children disappearance in 1966, as well as the disappearance of two girls at the Adelaide Oval in 1973, though it turned out to be impossible to actually corroborate these allegations. Another witness came forward to claim he had seen Von Item and Barnes drinking together in the weeks before Barnes's death, also entered as evidence or samples taken from Barnes's body which showed the sedative drugs had been present. There was little evidence presented for the murder of Mark Langley since the prosecution felt that they could prove that if they could prove that Bevan killed Alan Barnes, it would be the natural conclusion that he killed Mark Langley as well. Von item was officially ordered to stand trial for the murders of Alan Barnes and Mark Langley on March 11, 1990. Von Einem's defense counsel appealed the decision, launching an abuse of process action in the Supreme Court of South Australia to achieve a permanent stay of proceedings, as well as stating that the huge media interest in the charges would result in their client not getting a fair trial. Justice Kevin Dugan reviewed the defense's claims, and on December 17th, 1990, he once again confirmed that Von Einem was to stand trial for the murders of Barnes and Langley, Though he did state that he had some concerns with the prosecution's evidence, the pre-trial hearing began on December nineteenth, nineteen ninety, in the Supreme Court of South Australia with Justice Duggan and the preceding judge. The prosecution decided, after Justice Duggan's findings two days earlier, to have Vine and separately tried for the murders of Barnes and Langley. So first they were going to try to like do it together, mm. but then the justice decided that they had to do it separately. Um, Justice Duggan ruled that the evidence relating to the Kelvin murder and from the various associates of Von Einem and Hitchhikers was inadmissible. Mm. So this was honestly like a huge blow to their case because their whole thing was like, we need to take the similarities from Kelvin's murder Mm. and relay them back to these two murders. And the judge was like, "Mm, sorry, you can't do that. Justice Duggan allowed for the evidence and testimony from Von Einem's former associates to be heard but wouldn't allow for the defense to question the evidence as it was being given or would allow. So basically, like when you have somebody up on the on the stand, the prosecution is going to present the evidence. And the judge was allowing for the the defense to be able to basically actively question and object to all this evidence as it was being presented, which would make the prosecution's case like super hard to present because yeah. the defense could basically object to every Everything. single piece of evidence yeah. as it was being given. So this was again, an enormous blow to the prosecution's case. And on December 21st, 1990, they withdrew the charges against the bond item for the murder of Mark Langley. Oh. The prosecution did continue to try to move forward in pursuing the charges for Ellen Barnes, but due to their inability to have enough evidence entered into court, the prosecution withdrew the case for Barnes's murder on February 1st, 1990. To this day, Von Item denies any and all involvement in the murders and has even gone so far as to blame Richard Kelvin for his own death. He basically said some bullshit like, you shouldn't have been walking out late at night with the fucking dog collar around his neck. Who would have picked him up? Well, you was, motherfucker! Yeah. You he picked 14. him up, you dumb motherfucker!
1: Yeah, he was so young. Dumb man.
0: Like his dog just died, you fucking
1: asshole. I mean, I probably wouldn't have been wearing my dog's collar on my neck. I have my dog's my dog, but that's, dog that's not, key, key. But but that's not an excuse to pick somebody up and murder them. To pick up a fourteen-year-old boy and murder them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, fuck you, Bevin. Yeah, Bevin. What kind of fucking name is that?
0: Bevin. Bevin. <laughs> not Kevin. So.
1: I think you said that in
0: part one you're like fuck you cause his name is Bevin not Kevin <laughs> Bevin, Bevin fucking Bevin fuck? so even after his his arrest and his imprisonment Bevin was still off to some fuck shit in prison of course he was on January 2006, the Sunday Mail reported that Bevin was currently being investigated for allegedly raping an inmate several times at Yatala Labor Prison. The fuck. So he was still up to his old
1: shit. So, so Bevin was just a fucking slut. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't you him that. I would say he's a rapist and a murderer. Yeah, like... Just
0: he's like, a if slut.
2: If you like, having sex... A, normally God, a slut, normally people consent he's to it. He's also
1: a slut. People consent slut to it. He's a He's a slut and a rapist. I he mean, there's... He's a slut for rape. There's apparently. a lot of
2: people mm-hmm. that were sluts, but not the other rapist. people consented right. to it. Okay, oh but goodness. I'm just
1: saying... He's both he just can't stop right so there's like, so I don't
2: he he just does not compare. Can he cannot compare. stop so therefore he, he does play. not care about that consent whole. no that he did whole. not he is a bloody wh- rapist <laughs> He's a slutty
0: rapist. That's it. That's, That's the There one. you go. That's, That's the one. That's for. it. He's
1: a slutty, slutty rapist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, on October 29, 2006, um, the Australian oh, reported that Von <laughs> Item had been selling hand-painted greeting cards to prison you, officers with $20 each. You know, except for being a slutty rapist. <laughs> Oh.
2: Not really though. I'm gonna die. I'm Fucking Bevin.
0: Fucking Bevin. Not Kevin.
1: On February 4th, like 2000. Stupid. Cause your, cause your parents were probably fucking slow name you can't even bevin bevin um on February 4th 2007
0: the ABC yeah, reported bevin. that Von item had been charged over commercial dealings during his incarceration In- and incarceration <laughs> Incarcer- yeah I caught that yeah I
1: caught Incarcer- she tried to play it off she tried to play it off too she said <laughs> "She's gonna, gonna keep incarceration. going incarceration 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 <laughs> do you say and then she said the next word whatever it was incarceration I was focused give me a break I've been talking a lot she Inca- said she said incarceration well you keep telling us
0: to shut up so <laughs> during his incarceration we'll including selling public. those hand-painted greeting cards <laughs> we got in trouble for that he got in trouble for that <laughs> he got in trouble for his greeting cards oh damn more. he got raped trouble for
1: rapers?
0: that like, i know what happened about him raping that one inmate we don't even know um, on June 14th, 2007, the ABC reported 11. that Von Item had been charged with producing and possessing child pornography. Oh, fuck. With police alleging that he had handwritten three fictitious stories describing sexual acts between a child and a man. <gasps> His lawyer believed a handwriting analysis would clear Von Item. So he was trying to say he didn't handwrite those. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, he fucking did. Like, found him in a cell he's <laughs> what talking about. unless he's got Pretty friends sure coming like in there right it's definitely Bevan and Bevan was definitely Fucking a pedophile Bevan. on July twenty seventh, 2007 it was announced that Von Einem had been transferred from the maximum security B division of Yatala labor camp to Port Augusta prison on August 11, 2007, the Australian reported that detectives were calling for information to establish the identity of a young man seen in the Seven Network's news archive showing police searching a stormwater drain in the days after the Beaumont's children disappearance. The man bore a striking resemblance to a young Van Einem. Oh. Remember, they said that they thought he was involved in this disappearance, and now they have this video, footage are like, that do be looking like him that
1: doobie looking fucking like him. Bevin.
0: Fucking Bevin. Fucking He's been fucking around for a real long time. Right? Honestly. On August 13th, 2007, the Seven Network followed this with a story that the man standing next to the look lookalike in their archived film matched the police sketch of a suspect seen with the Beaumonts on the beach the day of their disappearance. On November 1st, 2007, the ABC reported that 24 years, that after 24 years behind bars, Von Inam was now eligible to apply for parole. Oh,
1: Fuck. Bevan can choke on a fucking cotton. Bag.
0: <laughs> <laughs> However, South Australian Premier Mike Brand had vowed to enforce new legislation to ensure Von Einem would never leave prison alive. Okay. So
1: they said, so you're wait, gonna so fucking gonna die
0: him? in there, you rat bitch. You bitch. rat bitch. <laughs> you rat motherfucking bitch. <laughs> In a September 2019, the Daily Mail released an article in which an associate of Von Einem's named Lewis Turter revealed the inner workings.
1: I didn't count. The I, Liz, bitch, <laughs> I, didn't count. I said that's four
2: years ago. I did not count, bro. So he you was, said, "You
1: said when 2019." 2019.
0: So oh. Von Einem is still in prison at this point. <laughs> I was um, but in 2019, <laughs> a the I mean, Daily Mail they released an article in which they had interviewed a man named Louis Turter and he was Lord Turter T U R T U R Turter
1: Turder
0: and he revealed the inner workings of the sex abuse ring that was run by the family Turter admitted he let his acquaintance Bevan Spencer Von Einem bring drugged boys into what? his home in the early 1970s. Turter just... said he knew Von Einem well before the murders began, and all the boys left his home alive the morning after they were drugged. You
1: know what's crazy? We were, I feel like every episode we talk about how the 70s and 80s were, we're just. Were absolutely
0: like, fucking wild. Like I know. Every, I
1: feel like everybody was just getting fucking murdered. Literally.
0: Like, dead. Because, like, nobody had any sense. I was just getting mm-hmm. fucking murdered. I wonder if you like went back and like because counted
2: like, all the instincts. serial killers and how many people died in the six, so 70s and eighties. So because we many. Were just from serial off of, killers.
1: Like, 50, 60s where everything was so fucking strict. Like, and then people just so went
0: balls heavy. to the wall, man. They're like, let's fuck some people up. Let's fuck some people up.
1: I thought she was going to stop there. Well, let's fuck, <laughs> fuck some people. Let's fuck. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, hang on.
2: Fuck some people up. I mean, I'm sure other people had that let's other idea.
1: Fuck.
2: Clearly. But then they also fucked them up.
0: But yeah, Right? Yes. No, for real. Um, so even though these boys would leave the home alive the next morning, during the night they were raped by Von Einem and other men who took turns with them. Turter has admitted to having sex with at least two of the victims that Von Item brought home. About the boys abused by the family, Turter stated, quote, all I know, they came. He dropped them off at our place. He went home. We let them sleep it off and they left in the morning.
1: You know what, Bevan? Fuck you. I'm sick of your shit. But
0: also, like, fuck this entire ring of people that was involved in all this shit.
1: But, like, my question motherfuckers.
0: we don't know the other people who were? No. Okay. It is believed that there was a lot of, like, high-profile people Which involved Which makes sense, in this. like, that's exactly. how it normally it is. it was, like, a cover-up. Yeah. yeah. In that they just let Bevan take, take the fall, the fall for, for everything. everything. Yeah. They found their scapegoat, and they're like, all right, well, you can take the fall for all the shit that we were all that's doing collectively. That's normally how it
2: is, is, like, there's a lot of
0: high-profile people. There was also another case that I covered, like, early on when I was still, like, doing the podcast solo. It was, um, the Dutro Affair which was it's a Belgian case, and it was very similar. It was, like, a pedophilia ring uh-huh. that is believed to have involved a lot of high-profile, like, Belgian officials, like, judges and yeah. lawyers and police officers. And when the sex abuse ring was discovered, they all let Marc Dutro take mm-hmm. the fall for everything. Everything, yeah. And when all the, like, information came out into the media, the Belgian public was like, this is clearly a fucking cover-up. Mm-hmm. But... They said, well, we have the person responsible. We're just going to put him in jail. And the Belgian public was like, why the fuck aren't you investigating the rest of this? And it was because all the other people involved were assumed to be very high, high profile, profile people in Bel Like politicians, police officers, judges, like, yeah. down. Yeah. But it's like they have the money, the power and the influence to prevent that yeah. from happening. Which is exactly what the assumption is that was, like, happening in this case. Which, like... That's if I
1: just, the it's money sad. to get away with murder... I would
0: do it. I <laughs> would <Well, laughs> do it. I murder people. <laughs> I wouldn't torture Say that anybody. Aloud.
1: I wouldn't torture anybody, but if I had, like, the money and the power to, like, absolutely get away with murder, there's, one, like, maybe two. Oh. <laughs> there's,
0: um... There's this new movie out, actually. I forget what it's called, but it starts Mia Goth. And... Ooh, no. She fuck is that? She's um did you ever she's very new in like horror right now. She was in Axe, that movie Axe. And she oh, was in gosh, Pearl. I don't um either. but there's this movie basically I, where like um the gist of it is that there's a society of people who are wealthy enough that they can so it it goes off the basis that it's like an eye for an eye sort of thing, right? So if you murder somebody, your punishment is you're going to be murdered. But in this, in this, yes, infinity pool. So in this society, though, if you are rich enough, you can pay to have a body double made of you. And this body double will be murdered in place of you to take the punishment for the crime that you committed. So these people, these rich people, just go on and do all this fucked up shit and then pay for a body double to take the punishment for it. So they have the money to get away with all these disgusting heinous things yeah. they're doing, they just pay That's for their body do. double to happen. That's what I would do. And so it's very this is very like infinity
1: pool-ish. That's what I would do. I don't know if you should say that out loud. Yeah, right. I don't give right? do do a fuck. If I were rich enough If you I'm, which we if will you never be. For murder, they're so. going to find this podcast and mm-hmm. like it was you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I were ever which I won't be, but if I were ever rich enough to get away with it,
0: Let's just there's have like, a purge. A purge, right? right. Like,
1: but like I would just go
0: to Alta and rob Alta. I just want all the makeup. I
1: would rob a bank.
0: Word. I would kill off a couple people. <laughs> word.
1: And then I would go
0: down in a in
2: a mansion. Word. I don't know if I hate anybody enough to kill eat them right now. The I do. Eat
1: the rich. I got eat a few. The... Listen,
2: live. I live way far away from my problems. So... Eating the rich. <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I would live... just
2: kill somebody who has a lot of money and just take right. It. Like,
0: give me the pins to all your your bank accounts, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna eat you. Yeah. Eat the rich. I wouldn't eat, eat them. them. Hey, if we're going, I would in, just we're going ball solo. We're going full cannibal. I am not going that far. <laughs> if I, I have
1: 24 hours <laughs> where I can I would kill someone, to the pigs maybe. They I'm can going, eat them. I'm
0: going full cannibal.
1: <laughs> Why are you looking at, First of all, first are of all, you? Emily, you ain't eating no rich over here because I'm poor. I,
0: so. I mean,
2: I got a little money, but like nothing that's going to help you out.
1: You got a house. Emily, you can. I will let you live with me. No, you can. You we're, can
2: we're, eat Anthony. You can just live with, I don't with lie, me. Anthony. I can eat
1: Anthony. Lucas can eat
2: Anthony. I was gonna say. I
1: was I thought you were I
2: mean, gonna say
0: that I can eat Lucas, but he got no meat on his bones. He's too skinny.
2: <laughs> so is Anthony. So I guess
0: you're. Screwed. And he's got like a fucking I robo mean, hip in there now. So nobody no, wants all that metal he a hip.
2: He doesn't have a freaking... He, he got a hair
0: No, he did not!
2: <laughs> He's an old man. No, he just got a little... I don't know what he has in there.
0: Okay, okay. let's finish this up. We were so close to the end. So... Yeah, that's not um. Compared to what you guys do for, uh, daily? <laughs> so, according to Lewis Turter, Vine- Von Item would pick up. <laughs> Turr-tur, Turter. Turter. So according-
1: Turter. We're going to call him Lewis.
0: So, according to Lewis. Go um, uh, Louis. Louis. Pergi- Turter. <laughs> Turter. So, Lewis said that Von Item would pick up hitchhiking boys and bring them to Lewis's home, where they would then be given drinks laced with sedative drugs. After being drugged, the boys would be taken into Lewis's home, where the oh, abuse would begin. Lewis admitted to even being in Von Einem's car a few times when he pitched, pitched up, well, picked up hitchhikers. He, pitched, he picked up the pitched up the hitchhikers. He was pitching a tent. Well, he picked up the hitchhikers. You know what I mean? Ew. Ew. <laughs> 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 um, he was in the car when Von Einem would pick up these hitchhikers, but made an excuse that he was not sure how many times it happened because he was usually high out of his mind, he said. Great. In 2014, police reviewed the diary of Trevor Peters, who lived next door to two crossdressers who were known acquaintances of Von Einem and may, have been, and may have assisted him in his abuse of boys he kidnapped. Peters, who is gay and mixed in the same circles as Von Einem and the crossdressers, says in his diary he saw photographs of one of the family murder victims, Alan Barnes, in Von Einem's possession. Peters also wrote in June of 1979, he was at the same hairdressing salon as Vine and another man and overheard them giggling and saying, Ooh, how evil. And Ooh, it's evil over a group of between so- four and six people. Polaroid photographs of an attractive young so blonde-haired evil. man pictured in the front seat of a car. So they were looking at this, and like, "Oh my god, that's so evil! Ooh, that's so evil!" I, I just and they see were only being like, "Oh
1: my god, that's so, evil. That's that's evil. So, evil. so evil! Get in the car, going And while they were saying that, they were looking at Polaroids
0: of who was suspected to be Alan Barnes. <laughs> that's um, so evil. Since like the, oh my god, <laughs> so evil, and Peters later did recognize the man in the Polaroids as Alan Barnes after seeing newspaper stories about his abduction. So they're basically just in a fucking hair salon, like oh my god, we murdered this guy, like that's so evil, oh my god, so evil, like bro, the fuck, the fuck, capital T, capital F,
2: the fuck, the fuck, the fuck, the.
0: Um, since Von Einem, no other person has been arrested or suspected <laughs> of the murders of Alan Barnes, Neil Muir, Peter Stoganoff, or Mark Langley. Stogunoff. So they're all so technically <laughs> unsolved, though it is heavily suspected that Bevan Von Einem Fucking played Bevin. some sort of hand in their murders. Yeah. But to this day, the only crime that he has been convicted of and still remains in prison for is the murder of Richard Telman. He is still in prison. He ain't he alive. dead yet. He will fucking he's still alive, but he will How old is this fucker? Um he was born in when was fucking Bevan born? Don't worry, I'm not gonna fucking count my fingers. Bevan. When Bevan was born in nineteen forty six.
1: Damn.
0: So if he's not if he he's about to probably die pretty fucking Are you soon. Eighty?
1: Yeah. seventy-seven. They, oh, 77. He ain't so even 80 he will, yet. He yeah, will almost. he
0: will die in prison. But at this point, they basically when they when they decided to make the decision to not prosecute for the murders of um Langley and Soup. Soup. Langley and soup. <laughs> When they decided to not prosecute for the murder of Alan Barnes and Mark Langley, they basically did it under a sort of ruling that no other person would be convicted, like, prosecuted Mm -hmm. for those crimes, because they, it was like, we know that he did it, it, we just don't have the evidence to to convict him. So, nobody else is ever going to be tried for these murders, but... It is basically done with the understanding that it was Bevan who, if he did not singularly anything. murder them, he at least played a hand in it and he knew who did. And because the suspects of being, you know, part of the family were very high profile people in, in South Australia and Adelaide, they basically like, well, we got Bevan in prison for this, and that's about as far as we're gonna go. So Bevan is still rotten in prison, convicted of.
2: So, after Bevan went American to prison, era. did the killing stop?
0: They did. Okay. Yes. They didn't. end. is believed that Bevan was pretty high up yeah. in this ring. He was he was. the drugging everybody. He was, he was, everybody. Yes, he was, he was their, supplying the he was drugs. was like the leader. He was the supplier, quote yes. unquote. He was the so one who was the getting supplier, these boys so. and bringing them to the homes in which they would be drugged and raped mm-hmm. and then, you know... Release. It's almost like too that the the men who died was almost like it was an accident mm-hmm. because their M O was just to kidnap, really? drug, rape, and release. But then they had these boys that it just went to a certain point where they raped them to the point where they would they die. died because of how horrific it, it was. was exactly. So. Yeah, he's the only one that has ever been convicted of these murders after he went to prison. There was no other bodies found, no other no other murders connected to him. And he, to this day, refuses to admit any involvement or any wrongdoing in any of these murders. They have gotten nothing from him. Nothing. So Weird. He kept his mouth closed so all the fucking gross-ass pedophiles that were involved in all this shit, he he took the fall for him essentially
2: yeah
0: so that's fucking bevin that's the story of the family murders wild all right I have to pee <laughs> so steph how you feeling <laughs> it's
1: just...
0: i wasn't
2: I feel like part one was like very 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 detailed into the murders like this was like a lot of the trials yes so it was I don't want to see easier to get through. No, it, yeah.
0: It's a little less digging into Crap. the detail. You can go pee. You don't have to be there. You don't have to be it. here for this. I was standing there, like, rocking back I and forth. i going to She's got
1: to fucking piss. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. Honestly, yeah. that's, like, kind of how, how part twos end up. is. Like, yeah, absolutely. There were just, like, too many murders in this one to cover all in part one. It probably would have been, like, a two-and-a-half-hour episode if I did all of the murders in part one. But, I would have had to drive home and back. Right. <laughs> no, you would have home and, back. and then back again. And we and we we, we begin sidetracked a little bit sometimes. So That's okay. you know, it's okay. it is what it is. Take but... out like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, you Of the sidetracked. <laughs> you can cut so much from these episodes. It's just fucking erroneous conversation. But But like I feel like that like banter makes the
2: podcast. Right. Most of the time. Like if you listen to any podcast, like the hosts. Have like banter. Yeah. Like no matter what, like it just, you have to have some.
0: You can get through it. Right, exactly. You can't just, I can't just sit here and just power through like 3,000 words of just absolutely horrific shit and be like, and have no like side yeah. conversation. To, like... it's like wow, this is a lot. I'm... Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough. My hair, me here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it, yeah. it can be a lot. But like, we got a little bit of of release from it in mm-hmm. part two because yeah, part A it was very trial heavy. But like. You kinda got you got you gotta get those little bits and pieces. Yeah. i are looking at the goyle. She to say hi. Aww. Look at that little lady. Aww. Hello. Hello, little lady. See, my kitty has a kink in her tail. Aw, cute. I Bubby is being soup you,
2: right now. You wanna know what her name was when before I changed it?
0: What? Crookie.
2: Crookie. Oh. I oh, wanted I to mean. name her kinky, but Anthony wouldn't let me.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> wanna name the cat kinky? Or kink? kinky? Kinky no i would also veto that Anthony said no see look at look it's bubby soup
1: bubby soup bubby soup soup. it's kitty soup titty Titty soup no titty soup
0: oh god (laughs) oh man well this episode is gonna be long as fuck so we're gonna cut that shit here um wow that was fun fun thanks stephanie for joining yeah thanks everybody listening we made it this far um <laughs> and also, yawns and Oh I'm so fucking tired. Oh, yeah, she yawns into the, the microphone. I honestly word. Um <laughs> Wait till but... we get over thirty. Oh, We're fucked. Shut, the fuck please,
1: shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Listen, shut up. I'm gonna hit it shut before up. all of you. Shut up.
2: So I don't wanna shut hear up.
1: it. Literally. Shut up. <laughs> She's already twenty-seven.
3: <laughs> yeah, you guys aren't even there yet.
1: <laughs> 20, there's nothing
2: su- exciting about twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's Anthony's two years from thirty. Dude, Lucas is twenty
0: eight. My sister's gonna Blech. be thirty two. Disgusting. Right. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. My sister turns thirty this year and we're trying My to figure out just turned thirty. Something far. Okay, anyways. Okay. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Follow us on the Instagram at TSRHpodcast. Um, if you want to send us an email, if you want to just, like, say how we're doing or, like, send us a listener story, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to like the Facebook page, we are at podcast <laughs> on
1: Facebook. But, like, honestly, really, like, the most important thing is, like, follow the Instagram. It's, so, like, follow the Instagram. But here's the thing. If you can't understand a word that Emily's saying because she's talking way too fucking <laughs> fast. Sorry,
0: I'm just trying to get all the shit. You know, follow me, the Instagram. Fa- follow <laughs> the Instagram. T, t- S R H podcast. Thank you, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) All right, now you can talk back and fast
1: mode. Good night. Honestly, the, the,
0: the Instagram is probably the best way to like interact with us comment on the pictures we post send us a dm if you have case suggestions but yeah like follow the instagram because we're like almost to like 500 followers like right now um yeah. <laughs> anyways <laughs> so um i usually ask this to autumn i say autumn you got anything else to say to the people but like autumn it's stephanie do you have anything else I to say to the, the people no no good night all right <laughs> well thanks so much for listening and we'll see you on the next one uh bye, bye. <laughs>